At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you on the first Tuesday of the month of June here in 2022. I'm Jeff Parles. Back on the saddle in for Gil these next few days. Happy to be with you. A lot going on in the midst of an NBA Finals. We have a team finally into the Stanley Cup final. I guess not finally. Took four games for Colorado to dispatch of Edmonton, uh, awaiting now the winner of Tampa and New York game four tonight. We'll get to that a little later. A lot going on in baseball markets, as you see on our show today. Drew Dinsick's coming up momentarily. Mark Borchard will have plenty of baseball with him, including the very jumbled Cy Young races in both leagues. And then our guy Danny Burke, who hosts Rush Hour and the Chicago CityCast with us in the second hour of the program. But let, let's, let's go to the deep dive. Let's get a deep dive with the guy who was on the Deep Dive podcast and also with NBC Sports Edge as well, our guy Drew Dinsick. Drew, good morning. Hey, Jeff. How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, I'm good. I, I'm fresh off of, of nine days away. So uh, if, it oh, takes me nice. a, if it takes me a few a few minutes to get my bearings, uh, I, I apologize. I'm just uh, – Trying to get back from uh, 75 degrees in Chicago to about 100, 110 later today here. 
Well, you didn't miss much while you were away. As no, expected. nothing. Iga Świątek, uh, your French Open champion. Uh, I think we can all uh, give her a round of applause. Don't know anyone who is an associate. You know, anyone who is associated with the numbers game didn't have some rooting interest, uh, financially or otherwise, to see Iga win that title. Uh, the Queen of Clay, you know, returns to the uh, the rightful uh, rightful throne. Um, and then, uh, yeah, well, Rafa Nadal shocks the world, wins the men's side. Uh, did you catch any of that? Oh, yeah, we, we, uh, we, I yeah, I will say I was in newer jurisdictions the entire time. That final with Rafa against Rude was, uh, was a nice <laughs> little cash cow. Let's just say that once it was apparent that uh, Rude uh, had decided, uh, ah, this is enough for me. Let's just be on with the coronation. But, uh, but Drew, uh, e- come on, Ega's not that good. She dropped the set. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, man. And it's funny that that's like kind of a sore spot. Honestly, <laughs> I had six to one uh, that she would win the title without dropping a set. And I was, uh, I was kind of annoyed because that one set that she lost, she was up five, two, uh, in games. And then she was up five, two in the tie break. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, the real takeaway from that and, and really the rest, the rest of the women's tour did not acquit themselves very well. This French open, there were very, very, very few positive stories you can write about, um, you know, the form of some of the players, particularly the players who were at the top of the tour names, you know, um, you know, it was a, a who's who of out of form, you know, just does not look like they're going to be competing much this summer. Uh, Coco Goff was maybe one of the few positive, you know, standouts. We have a new U.S. kind of breakout player, which is cool. Uh, her best surface, though, is clay, and I don't know that we'll see as much success from her once we get onto grass and then, you know, further onto the U.S. hardcourt swing. So, um, yeah, this is Ega's tour now. I think everybody kind of, you know, understands that, and um, you know, market reacting pretty violently, making her a overwhelming favorite for Wimbledon, which is. Um, which is bullish. I have to say she's got 12 grass, you know, matches in her life as a pro. Uh, several of those were qualifying for uh, tournaments. So she really, you know, very few, ma- you know, um, you know, main tour, uh, main level matches, which is, um, you know, something that tends to level the playing field. Um, when you go, you know, be, you know, grass tennis is, is a, is a, is a learned skill. In my opinion, it's not something that you're just, uh, you know, kind of able to pick up on the fly. Um, and, you know, Iga's obviously got the tools, got this, got the talent to learn on the fly. Um, and she may pick up a couple grass titles, continue this winning streak uh, into the grass season. But uh, I think this is going to be a little bit more wide open tournament than the bookmakers currently expect. Iga right now at Ben MGM's plus 160 all the way down to plus 160. Wow. Uh, wow, Osaka wow, wow. is the second favorite at eight to one. Everyone else, eleven to one or longer. Yeah, that's. Well, wouldn't shock me. Obviously, Iga wins, but plus one sixty. That is that is short. We'll just we'll just go with that uh, on that one there, Drew. And and then on the men's side, like like you said, the King of Clay does it again, despite looking like he's barely even barely able to move with that foot injury. And yet, Drew, here here we are. We don't even know if Rafa Nadal's even going to play in in Wimbledon, and he technically is halfway to the Grand Slam here in 2022. <laughs> yeah, um, I will still kind of contend that I doubt we see much more of him in 2022. I feel like, uh, you know, it, 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 it was it, it's a it's a two there's there's two clear feelings here. One is it feels like you know, dude just won seven best of. Th- five matches on clay in two weeks. Like how hurt could he really have been? 
Um, but then, you know, you, you watch a little bit more closely and you read between the lines and some of the stuff he's saying in his press conference, like he's pretty clearly struggling with like decision-making about how much more of, uh, of this he's willing to put his body through. And, um, you know, some of the stuff he said about his foot was pretty extreme, even in the, uh, the glow of just winning a title. Um, so I would be absolutely blown away if we see him play at Wimbledon or play on grass. This is his least favorite of the, you know, the, the various surfaces anyway, um, doesn't really play to his strengths. And, um, usually he's, he's a kind of a, a question mark to play on grass because of his knees, not his mm-hmm. foot. Uh, and I think, uh, just the, the added, uh, issues, uh, physically that he's going to be going through and, you know, whatever kind of surgery or, uh, procedure he's going to need to get himself, uh, right. I think is going to take him out of contention for grass. And frankly, if we don't see him even at the U.S. Open, I won't be surprised. I, you know, it, 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 this seems like a, um, something that if he decides that he needs to have some meaningful surgery, we might not see him again until 2023. Djokovic, right now, your favorite odds on at BetMGM, minus 115 to win Wimbledon, and then Alcaraz a plus 450. If you want to take a shot on Rafa, we would not recommend that. Six to one, way too <laughs> short, even if he wasn't hurting right now. Uh, on Wimbledon. Drew, uh, let's let's shift over to the NBA. I know you talked with JVT on this program a little bit yesterday, but I, this whole series so far for me, through two games, it's been two quarters that have basically made the impact so far for me. Fourth quarter in game one, obviously, where Boston decided not to miss, and game three on Sunday night, where the Warriors put that game on ice, and that was that. Right now for tomorrow, we're looking at Boston laying three and a half at home, in this one, I, I drew. I, I really have no sense from a side perspective on what to do in this series, other than maybe just blindly taking points all the way through. Since we're going to begin this three and a half four pocket, regardless of who has home court, that's not a crazy strategy. Um, I think we've learned a couple of things over the balance of the uh, the last couple of playoff rounds for the Celtics, and it's that. Home court advantage has been a little bit overemphasized by the market. Um, and so if you're just going to take the dog and say, hey, look, all of these games are a coin flip. I don't mind having points in my pocket. Uh, I don't think that's a crazy strategy. Um, I do think that um, in general, a lot of the failings of Boston in the second half of game two seems to be telegraphed, I thought. Um you know, and this is again, coming from a Boston backer. I was, uh, um, you know, I was somewhat, I was cautiously optimistic that they could repeat the success from game one and come home up, up to zero. That would have been a dream obviously, but, uh, it was not to be. And it felt like you could see it coming to a degree because I thought in the first half of that game, um, they got away with a lot of very lucky stuff. Whereas, you know, a lot was made of the Draymond green comments post game one. He was basically calling out Boston for being lucky. And that was nonsense because you go look at the shot quality and they were getting just absolutely wide open looks from three and they were burying them. And not just were they getting the wide open looks, but they were good shooters getting looks where they like to take their shots. And so it was a perfect storm of just offensive efficiency explosion for the Celtics. And, you know, so the onus was on Golden State to come up with adjustments in game two to prevent them from getting those high quality looks. And I thought in the first half that Golden State did a very nice job of chasing shooters off their spots and, you know, contesting three point looks in a way that, um, you know, the, the Celtics really were. Um, you know, particularly in that second quarter, uh, you know, their offense kind of got a little stuck in mud and 
it felt like they got somewhat lucky shots to go down in the first half and didn't really feel much of a need to deploy any of their adjustments at halftime before coming out in uh, in the second half there. And then, you know, the Golden State third quarter barrage, uh, which is now becoming something you can set your watch to. Um, you know, they just had no answer because they didn't adjust their offensive approach at all. And then, you know, taking contested threes turned into taking contested twos. Uh, and, you know, they had no answer whatsoever, uh, even to close that third quarter run. And, uh, you know, they, they put the bench in for, for the fourth quarter. And I thought, you know, I thought in general, um, a lot of that, you know, was somewhat of a coaching question mark. Like why didn't the coaches, uh, come up with a better way, a better approach uh, in the second half there. And um, I think ultimately it's fine that they kept some stuff in their pocket. You don't want to show all of your cards too early in a series and give your opponent the opportunity to kind of see everything you've got uh, and come up with countermeasures. Um, and, but, but this game three now is a very important time to deploy those adjustments and to, uh, you know, really ask some hard questions of the Warriors. And I think as I look across the handful of series we've had from the Celtics, particularly uh, the Bucks series, the Celtics were able to come up with some key, key, key adjustments at every time that they were back against the wall in that series. They lose game one by getting out physical. They came out in game two with a completely fresh approach that completely caught the Bucks by surprise. Um, and that was one way traffic. Um, they lose game five at home. They go to game six in Milwaukee. And again, the adjustments that they had going into game six were just awesome. Um, and I think realistically, this is a, a squad and a team uh, and a coaching staff that I have enough faith in that they're going to find the answers to uh, to get right in the series and, and put game three in the win column for them. So, you know, I think realistically, the adjustments that are available at hand should be enough to get involved with the Celtics here at minus three and a half, uh, if not to just focus on the first half for the Celtics in this one. But um, I like their I like their chances in game three. So far at every turn this postseason, Ime Udoka has figured it out. Game three tomorrow night against the Warriors. Drew, hang on. We'll, we'll, we'll continue the discussion on Game 3 and the rest of this NBA Finals and maybe throw in a little bit of football as well. That's coming up next, the numbers game here on v At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on the Sin. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be back with you after a week away. Nice uh, nice little break from things. Gil's, uh, Gil's out this week. He'll be back next week. But with us right now are, are always our first two segments on Tuesday. Our guy Drew Dinsick with us right now. Drew up. Uh, just one one more thing on these finals here, because just looking at series prices now and other mark other derivative markets that can be bet here, are we at the point already? I know it's only been two games, but are we at the point already where if you think Golden State is going to win this series, you take Steph to win the MVP at a little bit of a better price, and then on the Boston side, you just take Tatum at a plus 135, plus 140 price instead of laying the dollar five with Boston. Are we at that point? Part one, 100% yes. Part two, I got a strong disagree for you. Okay. <laughs> that, uh, uh, this is Steph Curry's to lose if the Warriors win. Um, he has been so clearly 
clearly the best and most important part of that team uh, through two games. It is not especially close, and I don't see anything changing from here. And he is playing all his offense is clicking on all cylinders. He is performing at a level uh, that we really didn't even see from him. I didn't think much in the regular season except for maybe like a first month. Um, and yeah, as he's you know, the narrative is there to support him even beyond the fact that he would be the rightful choice if the Warriors win. Um, the flip side, I could not say is the case. Uh, I have been very unimpressed by Jason Tatum so far and what he's done for the Celtics. Um, you know, if you just look at stat line and just kind of accrued, um, you know, uh, just accrued stats, like there was, there was an effort to really kind of gloss his game one performance, even though he didn't score points, he had all these assists and everybody was just falling all over themselves. What a great facilitator he was. His game one performance was pretty unimpressive by my numbers. I was uh, quite quite disappointed with some of his decision making in that game, and I really thought that the you know the supporting cast was you know the true stars of Game One, uh, and then in Game Two, even though he was their top scorer, he was absolutely brutal on the defensive end. It does not feel like he is pulling his weight in terms of his defensive assignments in this series so far. And then some of his shot selection uh, and some of his decision making, particularly when the going got tough for the Celtics, I was wildly unimpressed by. So if the Celtics ultimately win this, you know, and realistically, one of the reasons I think there is still room here to back a Celtics at a three and a half or to uh, back a Celtics on a series price is because we should get something better from Tatum than we've gotten through two games. Um, you know, I, I think if I had to give him a grade to this point in the series, it's probably a C minus. Um, and if he can elevate his play to, you know, his, his, you know, at least his average, if not a little better than his average, uh, then I think the Celtics are going to be extremely tough to beat. Um, that all that said, uh, the door is wide open for anyone else to really make their mark on this series and steal the MVP from him for the Celtics. Jalen Brown's at the top of the list cor correctly, just because, um, you know, he seems to have the most juice of all of the other, uh, guys on the floor for them. Um, but you know, even a guy like Derek white could steal this still, like he's playing extremely well. He has been a huge role player for them coming off the bench. Um, and it would be wild for a six man to get an MV, you know, a, a finals MVP surely. But, um, um, I do think it is wide open for someone to take this from him, considering the quality of play we've seen. Now, there might be enough of a, kind of a t you know tailwind for him in terms of people wanting to anoint him the next guy that he wins ultimately, you know, by default if the Celtics win, and and I get that, but I think you're better off betting this. I mean, I think there is more than the difference in win probability there, which is something like what six percent, something like that. There's more of a difference between the Celtics winning the series price and Tatum winning the MVP price that I think you have to stick to Celtics if you are feeling confident in the Celtics getting it done. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, the Steph, the Steph conversation that, that, that is a wrap now two games in that's done. There are some juicy prices on Celtics right now. There are some juicy yeah. prices. You got plus seven fifty on Brown. Like you said, Al Horford after that absurd performance in game one did nothing in game two, but it's still 40 to one smart at 50 to one. And then Derek White's all the way down the board at 200 to one. Right now for the other Celtics, Robert Williams also listed 500 to one, but he's probably not, not uh, in the mix like the others we mentioned there. Drew, I, I want to shift off this because the biggest story this morning in the sports world is the new LIV golf tour, the, the Saudi Arabian back golf tour. Greg Norman, of course, running things there and seen a bunch of resignations from the PGA tour. The biggest name today, of course, J Dustin Johnson, who we saw last week 
be announced in the field, uh, resignate, uh, resigns from the PGA Tour. Really, a few of these players doing this to avoid penalty from playing in the majors, really, more than anything. This is their attempted get-around on that. But, but Drew, just, just big picture here, betting-wise, golf-wise in general, every way, way you want to take this here, what do we do with this? And what do we take with the information? <laughs> and what do we take with the guys who are just leaving tour? How does this impact handicaps as well? Yeah, I think ultimately this is a short-term nothing burger, uh, but a long-term question for the PGA Tour and how they ultimately respond to this. Because I say short-term nothing burger because the the guys who left, I don't think we're realistically taking much out of the wind pot uh, of a general average tour event uh, on a week-by-week basis. Um, I don't think the viewers are going to find, you know, you know or, oh, well, Dustin's not playing this week. I'm not going to watch, you know, the 3M or whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I don't see that rationally uh, coming to fruition this year. Um, now, long term, they did they did scoop and provide financial support to a lot of up and comers. Uh, and basically are kind of picking the pocket of the future of the PGA in terms of um, guys who break out and become, you know, the the, the backbone of the tour. Um, and, you know, if you if you uh, if they had, say, say they had sniped a Colin Morikawa and a Will Zalatoris and, um, you know, a, a number of like the young guys who have broken out recently, if they had taken them two years ago and those guys don't ever play any tour events, um, then the quality of the PGA Tour starts to become a huge question mark. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think anyone wants to really see, um, you know, super consolidated um, golf tournaments where you have one or two true contenders and everybody else there is just kind of running. Um, and that's what the live event feels like, at least at this point. It's just there's not a, a, a deep enough pool of, you know, top end talent that that I think uh, people are going to be, you know, finding that as much watch viewing content. And, uh, you know, the odds that we're seeing for those fields with the small field, especially, um, you know, doesn't really look like the most entertaining golf in the world, frankly, um, on top of the fact that supporting that as a product is you know, getting involved with a, a pretty horrific, uh, you know, social experiment. Um, and so I think ultimately the live, you know, the live golf itself is not something that I could see myself ever being super excited to watch or participate in from a betting standpoint or anything like that. Um, and I worry a bit that this, uh, will start to dilute the quality of the PGA tour, uh, down the road. If the, uh, if this live thing survives and if it's still a thing in three years and, uh, all of these guys who are coming in at the low, you know, at the, at the bottom, at the lowest rung, uh, if they never make, make it on tour and, uh, you know, really make an impact, then, um, yeah, the quality is going to be a problem in a couple of years. Um, and it may, that, that may be an, an overstatement that may never come to fruition. Um, you know, the, in general, it's not like the European tour existing at the same time as the PGA tour has made the PGA tour events less watchable. Um, but, um, you know, but certainly, um, you know, this is going to put some pressure on the PGA to fix their business model, to fix the way that they compensate the players. Um, and, uh, you know, the numbers being thrown around about compensation for some of these top line guys very realistically could attract more. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is sort of wave one of, uh, of defections. Um, and there's kind of nothing the PGA can do about it in terms of, you know, putting pressure on players to stick around other than, uh, you know, 
basically peer pressure. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't expect there to be real penalties for any of these players, uh, you know, as far as not being able to compete in the majors. And, um, you know, this is, uh, this is just going to kind of create a mess in golf, uh, for, for the next year, at least. No, and it's interesting because you look at the mix of players here. You have the guys like the Oosthuizen's of the world. Really, we can throw Phil in there as well. Guys who are past winning on the PGA Tour, who are just trying to to play golf and make a lot of money. And then, like the guy like DJ is really the one that's surprising. Someone who week in and week out still competing. Uh, but again, it's fascinating. We'll look Brady Cannon in tomorrow to go into this a little bit further because that first tournament is on Thursday, starting in London. Drew Dinsick, of course, on the tweets at whale underscore capper. Always check out his great work at NBC Sports Edge. Drew, pleasure as always, buddy. Hey, good job, Jeff. Enjoy the show. There we go. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll bump knuckles uh, across uh, across the Skype verse. There, we're going back to the NBA Finals next on a numbers game. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Summer Special is here, and just $39 will get you everything VSIN has to offer from now through the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, JVT Jonathan Von Tobel, of course, was to initial program yesterday. As always, JVT does great work on the NBA all the way through these possible five remaining games of the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup Final. We know one of the teams in the final now. We'll have lots of preseason coverage on the NFL as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. You want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every additional point spread weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. Cost is just 39 American dollars. Be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now, vcin.com slash summer. Happy to be with you here on a Tuesday morning. I'm Jeff Barles. Mr. Vegas himself, Brian Ortega, in my chair today. Happy to, have, happy to have Brian. Look at that. Even Brian even Brian even knows how to use the mic better. Oh, it, it, it's, it's, it's very complicated, but I got it. You got it. I'm, I'm proud of you, buddy. But it's good to have Brian here as well. It is. It is good to. Be, it is good to be back. It is good to be back. I, I, I will say this before we get into some NBA Finals chatter, and I and I'm going to ask Vinny about this on Friday when he's in with us. And we we say this, of course, after Gil did a tremendous job talking with our guy James Salinas about the really just the 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 unprofessionalism in Colorado from Barstool and the Gaming Control Board. Not even let's just call it is not even attempting when it was all said and done to uh, to do what needed to be done there. But the the betting between what we have like hypothetically behind me and other places, other all the books in Nevada, as opposed to every new jurisdiction, we're dealing with two different time periods. Now, I'm not saying the new jurisdictions are perfect; they're far from it. We know that. But it is, it is, it is quite the change going from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois to here. Now, again, I, there's trade-offs, as we know. We've discussed that plenty, the trade-offs. But it is, it, it is real. It, it is really jarring. 
It is really jarring. And I understand why some people get in the car and drive the 35 minutes to Arizona from here. Completely understand it. It makes a lot of sense. Just a lot more markets you can take advantage of. Just the way it is at this point. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens over the next, uh, the next year plus. But what has happened since legalization everywhere else here in Nevada? I wouldn't hold my breath. I'm not going to. I would be. Uh, I'd be in big trouble there. Uh, if you that, Brian, real quick. Do you what? What do you think will make them change any, I, I, so, any of their markets? So I, I don't think. I don't think anything. Well, I don't think. I don't think much could happen in order to see that. It's a good question, though. But again, we'll talk with Vinny on this on Friday. We, we'll have Vinny in studio as we do for Slow Jamming every single Friday. But it just is jarring. It is very jarring to see the difference between betting in these new putting into newer places and here in Nevada. And again. Not saying one is better than the other. Just it, it is very much different. All right, let's let's go back to the NBA Finals because I have I've not been here since this series has started. Uh, also, real quick, I know I'm I know I'm ten days late. Jimmy Butler is right to take that shot, even though he didn't make it. He was right to make that shot. Uh, take that shot, I should say. Uh, so far, really, like I said to Drew, this series has been about two quarters for me more than anything. It was. The fourth quarter in game one where Boston decided not to miss shots, even though those looks were great and and Drew was right. Shot quality-wise, Boston deserved to win game one, and they took it. Awesome performance from Horford and awesome performance from Derek White. Who, <laughs> the Derek White revelation in this postseason has really been illogical, but guy's been awesome this whole postseason for the most part. And then game two was just, look, the Celtics did not have good shot selection in that first half to begin with. And then the contested shots started piling up and Golden State made their shots in a vaunted regular Golden State third quarter, which we've seen in both games so far in this series, gets it done. Now, I, I will say this heading back to Boston. It, this betting, this series from a game-to-game perspective, to me on the side is almost Almost a scenario where you're you're looking to only take points for me. I understand why Drew looks to take Boston in game three. This would be the one game that I would not bother with, with that scenario of just taking points with the underdog and hoping these games are tight. Boston right now three and a half at home after seeing Golden State as a three and a half, four-point favorite for the most part in the first two games. I would be in the camp here. Also, the total 212 and a half. I, I don't want anything to do with sides for game three. Now, later in the series, I more than likely will probably start doing that again. I'll probably take, take whatever it ends up being in game four. If Golden State wins game three, then I'd be a little wary because I don't, I, I expect the series to go six or seven. I expect it to go six or, six or seven games. But you're in a spot now where Golden State clearly has the best player in this series. Clearly. And I agree 100% with Drew. If Golden State is going to win the NBA title, Steph Curry's winning the MVP. So taking the extra 15 cents on Curry at even money as opposed to a minus 115 series price, that I don't mind. I do agree with him also on not taking Tatum if you're going to take Boston Instead of Boston, I should say, even though I will say this, remember, we're dealing with humans in the voting here. And 
it kind of feels like everyone forgot Al Horford's big fourth quarter already from game one, especially the odds all the way back down to 41. I know they were north of 75 to one before game one. But it, if Boston wins this series, and Drew made it the point there, and he's right, all the hoopla around Jason Tatum's game one performance, where I thought Jason Tatum played okay, I didn't think he was great, made it seem like it was an all-time great performance. Now, that also may be because I'm following too many Bostonians on my Twitter account, but it really does kind of feel like if Boston wins this series, you're ending up, again, when you're dealing with voted-on awards, narrative street is important here. As much as we don't want narrative street to matter at all in betting, and this is part of the reason that I don't love betting MVP markets except for a scenario like you had in a regular season where Nikola Jokic, you get the straw poll with a, with, with a little over a month ago. Jokic is an underdog in the betting markets. 70% of that straw poll that Tim Bontemp said ESPN did had Jokic as their MVP. That's an automatic bet. We have information that you can't get in the mind of humans. Now, there are situations with MVP markets and Cy Young markets where, like last year, Shohei Otani was just so ridiculously dominant that, of course, Shohei Otani was winning the MVP of the American League. But in this scenario where if it is close, unless if one of these role guys, unless if you can't deny Al Horford or let's say Marcus, let's say Marcus Smart has a huge last five games in this series. Shuts down, shuts down in quotes, I should say. Steph Curry slows him down. Make some big buckets down the stretch, around 15 a game. You can't get an Dallas situation from a few years ago with, with Marcus Smart. Now, I'm not saying that would happen, but if he's clearly better than Jason Tatum the last five games and more important to Boston winning a title, then maybe Marcus Smart would be the one to steal the award. Now, I'm not saying bet Marcus Smart. If you're going down the board, the only guy after the top two that I think has a shot is probably Smart. Horford would have to do what he did in game one four more times or three more times in order to win it. And, of course, Derek White is not winning it. But when this is all said and done, if Boston wins the title, especially with the way this team is built, where it is, even though Tatum and Brown are clearly their two best players and all-stars, this is a team with a capital T. And usually when a situation like that happens, you're going to give it to the best player, even if they don't have the best series. So, again, it's nice to have these derivatives during the series where in the past, obviously, and again, Nevada, we can't bet derivatives mid-series. Once the series starts, we can't bet it. But I would, I would really be considering a little more than Drew did. I know he didn't want Tatum at all. Curry, 100%. But I, I really do think if Tatum, especially now you have plus 135, looks like, I guess Jalen Brown took money overnight. I would only be looking to bet Tatum in that finals market if I like Boston. Again, I'm not sure, sure who wins this series. These teams seem very even. Wouldn't shock me if Golden State wins in seven. Wouldn't shock me if Boston wins in six and wins the last three home games. Would like the games to be a little bit better than they've been. Game two is a dud. Game one, 
ended up being a dud despite it being a big comeback on that. When we come back, we're going to baseball. I have some thoughts, ironically enough, on the NL MVP race. That's next, the numbers game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now. Using the bonus code VSIN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. BetMGM's state-of-the-art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much more. 
No matter what your favorite sport is, you'll find out why nothing beats a win at the king of sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Again, enter the bonus code. This is the most important part, folks. VSIN1000. That's V-S-I-N-1-0-0-0 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to place a wager. New customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional ava- uh, offer not available in Nevada. That's one other thing, too, that was very different. The amount of player props that are available. It is night and day. Night and day. That's really the big of all the things that I would like to see come here. Just continuing the conversation for uh, Nevada versus the newers, the newer jurisdictions. Player like player props coming here would be would be good for everyone. Like full scale player props. I'm not saying bring the same game parlay stuff. Like that, you don't need that. You don't need that. There are some things that would be good to to, to put the, to stack together, but you don't need to bring that in here. Do you want like uncut gems? No, I don't uh, want. I don't want. I don't want. I don't. I don't. Props. Let's put it this. Who's going to win the first tip? I don't want. I don't need Kevin Garnett to win the opening tip. I don't need Kevin Garnett to lead, win the opening tip. Uh, the funniest part about that whole movie, by the way, uh, happy you brought that up because by, by the way, Brad, that's the voice of Brian Ortega, Mr. Vegas himself, who of, of course was our Oscars expert, who did very well betting the Oscars. Oh yes, this year. Uh, the, the most ridiculous part of that is that they casted Mike Francesa as the bookie. Oh, hilarious. That's that the was, best part of the whole thing. Are you going to see the new one with it, uh, with uh, Adam Sandler? Hustle? It looks oh, great. Oh, the one of him being the basketball oh, scout? Oh, yeah. Looks great. I'm, I can't wait for it to come <laughs> out so I can start the fantasy top five movie basketball That's uh, Netflix only, right? Uh, no, I think it's on Netflix, but it's also coming out in theaters. Okay. Okay. I still need to see Top Gun. That's one thing I didn't do on vacation. Well, you, you need to get on it. It's uh, uh, don't the worry. biggest movie in the world. I, I'll get on it. I'm not worried about it. Even though, I, again, usually uh, movies-wise, I'm, I'm relatively uh, slow uh, slow on that, getting to the movie uh, the movie theater. Especially I've seen it the, twice. Oh, well. And, uh, you got to help Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes. He's going to save movie yeah, theaters. Yeah, yes. Tom, Tom Cruise needs all the help he can get, right? And that, that, that's how that one works, right? Uh th- I want to move to baseball real quick. Uh, Mark Borchardt's coming up in the next segment, so we'll have plenty of baseball talk over the next few segments. But I, I just want to bring this up real quick. Uh, our, our Brian asked me during the break, and I, I'm going to need to say this, and I, I said this on the air last year on a nightcap with Tim Murray, and it it, it, it bit me in the behind because the Mets collapsed. The, uh, the, the, New York, the New York Mets, who, by the way, Despite half of Mets Twitter declaring them frauds after they lost the first two games against the Dodgers over the week, at the beginning of the weekend, have won three straight and have the best record in the National League. The Yankees have the best record in the American League. That Subway series that we saw in 2000, we might have a shot again and again. Now, the Dodgers are awesome. Dodgers are great. And you look at the division odds. The division odds, by the way, the Mets are you're laying five dollars now, bet him, Jim. Wow, nine game lead. That's 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 a little aggressive, but I definitely wouldn't. I, I definitely wouldn't want anyone else in that division. By the way, the Cardinals. If you can still get plus two twenty five on St. Louis to win the NL Central, if that's still there, I actually think that is worth a bite. I don't think the Brewers are that good. 
Padres plus 350. We go with the Dodgers minus 350. The Dodgers are winning the West. They're not losing that division for a second consecutive year. They're going to win the West. But, but, but to my point here, and I said we would talk about MVP races here, and we're going to talk about this with Borchard as well. And I'm curious what his numbers have to say. But Narrative Street that I've, I was mentioning before, in the MVP markets, I think it's going to matter in baseball. And I think it's gonna and I think it's gonna matter in both leagues. Looking at the AL first, where Aaron Judge is now your betting favorite for the first time over Shohei, where I actually think that's completely right. And I'm a little surprised Judge is not shorter. Judge has been better than Otani through two months. I don't think we can argue that. When you look at Otani at this point, where after a, a, an unbelievable start, unbelievable start pitching, he has slowed down, has had really had a horrible start uh, his last time out. By the way, the Angels have somehow lost 11 straight games, which should not happen when you have Otani and Trout on your team. I know Trout is mired in this disaster slump right now. But even Otani's offense is down, which is a little bit alarming. Otani right now, you're looking at an OPS under 800. Now, when you're not sniffing the MVP with that, so I if the Yankees and I'll just say this: if the Yankees end up with the best record in the American League, which right now the Yankees sit at 39 and 15 through 54 games, have a seven-game lead on Toronto, who, by the way, the Blue Jays finally hitting with runners in scoring position. That's why their season is flipped to the positive. Have the best record in the AL by four and a half over the Astros, who just keep winning and now have a huge lead over the Angels because the Angels forgot how to play baseball. Aaron Judge is winning the AL MVP, especially if he stays healthy. And then on the NL side, which this race is a lot more complicated because you're dealing with, to me, you're dealing with five guys who can legitimately win the award at this moment. Mookie Betts, which, by the way, good call by our guy Jason Weingarten, who said bet it at 20 to 1. He's now your betting favorite at plus 290. These are all courtesy of MGM. Manny Machado, who was the rightful favorite through about five weeks of the season, is now your second favorite, Paul Goldschmidt. Who, by the way, whoever said Paul Goldschmidt was on the decline, yeah. Not count our chickens on that one. Guy can still play, plus 425. Pete Alonzo at 8-1, eight to one, and then Bryce Harper at 9-1. I would throw Harper in there saying that he still has a shot to win this award. By the way, Alonzo was 11-1. That was just as of yesterday. So this has moved pretty, pretty quickly over the last day. And I'll say this with Alonzo, and this is going into na- the narrative deal of this, and this is why betting these awards, especially when it is close, and this race looks like it will be close for a while, if not all the way to the end of the year. If the Mets, let's say, lead the NL and wins, get the number one seed, win over 100 games for the first time since the 80s. And Pete Alonzo, who, again, is leading the the world in RBI, which I understand is not the best way to determine an MVP, far from it. But you're at a point where the Mets have the best record in the NL, and it is close between... Let's say Alonzo and 
bet would be the one more than anything. If it's close between Alonzo and Harper, Alonzo will win because the narrative there and also Harper won it last year, maybe have a little voter fatigue. Same deal with Goldschmidt. If it's close, I think you, you lean Alonzo. Machado, a little more complicated, especially the Padres make the playoffs and Tatis misses a lot of time, which he's already missed a good chunk of time. But if it's close between Betts and Alonzo, that's the one that I would be intrigued to see how it plays out. But right now, if you're betting at betting at Ben MGM, and this is, these odds are basically what they are in most places that are offering MVP odds right now, you can get Alonzo eight to one, nine to one. I think you take a little little piece, not a big piece, but a little piece of that. Also, as you look on the board, the only guys who are who are further down the board that I think are worth even a possibility would be Ronald Acuna. Because if the Braves get back into this thing, it'll be because Acuna goes off. Braves right now, underachievers so far this year. But kind of, let's be real, that's what happened with them last year, and they won the World Series. Braves right now, a game over 509 back of the Mets in the NL East. And they are right now team number seven in the wild card race, so just behind the Giants. But that would be the only name I would look at on that right side of the screen. You can actually get 30-1 to one now on Ronald Acuna. How did they? I know he had that great great start, but how is CJ? How did CJ Crone get down to twenty five to one? Because a guy that 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 is not fully known as well as the other guys on this list, playing on a team that's going to finish in last place in a division, can have a chance of winning the MVP. Come on, Come on. you bet Crone, you wasted your money on that one. Really, it, really, just looking at the at the current odds, the the guys on the Braves are the guys that you could look at. Because if they get back into the mix, it's going to be because more than likely Acuna. But it wouldn't shock me if it was on the on the shoulders of Austin Riley or Matt Olson, who are both 50 to 1 right now. If you're looking further down the board, that would be the only thing I'm looking to do there on the NL MVP race. Mark Borchert's coming up next. We'll get his thoughts on all the award on what where he has the award standing here on the 7th of June on a numbers game. Be set. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.